Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get drunk. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South, and my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. Woo, we got some historic times. This is historic. This is a kind of official tissue, um, actual factual potty mouth of the South. Unprecedented um, we, times. Un- unprecedented times. We are doing our first official crossover as a duo, um, where we are talking to people, our fellow peers, uh, podcasting peers from across Europe, and we'll be joining on joining them on their podcast. So this is the kind of official one. We did one uh, back in the last year with our UK rap podcasters uh, and, you know, sharing our platform with them, and that was excellent. But we'll be doing more of these kind of crossovers, which I think we share the love. We get, we get you know, underneath the hood, break things down to the very last compound uh, and analyse and, and, and share our love for this culture of hip-hop. And, and today we have Vice Beats of Fine Magazine. He's an incredible producer. He's from the UK and works with Fine Magazine, which are all the way in Holland. They've been big supporters of the podcast, so it only made sense that we shared our platform. So this is side A. This is the <laughs> radio single, as Chris calls it. And they got this... Yeah, the watered-down version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 not even the, the primo scratch. It's nah, just a pause. There's just a that. pause. It's just a pause every none time there's a swear word. This is the um, Jermaine Dupri produced single. So, so deaf. <laughs> but, but no, Vice is, uh, he has such an unbridled passion for rap and it's so great to see. He's super humble uh, and I really enjoyed the conversation we had with him today. Me too, me too. He's a, he's a dope guy, man. Um, family man. And I'm looking forward to, to building with him in the future not just not just podcasting just as a person because um like i say i don't like people yeah no he his 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 passion is um very um infectious his passion for rap is very infectious and it's great to see that people are not jaded by this um because we you know we jump on conversations all the time and we see the conversations are happening and he and it's just really nice to see someone who just has this love for it and is and, and, and is not honest. jaded and it's not jaded, it's just or exhausted. Real, right. He's just really he's really passionate. And I love uh, that. And he's 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 given me a kick up the backside. I, I just think, wow, like there are people out there that just love this music, not trying to be me, 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 or trying to build themselves as a brand or trying to culture vulture. He is someone who just simply wants to add his contributions and his lend his voice to hip hop and I mm. think that's a wonderful thing so salute to Vice and I salute that. yeah salute to Vice Beats so now we, we, we appreciate him jumping on the podcast this is Vice Beats Fine Magazine Breaking Atoms Side A check it out it's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast today this is a collaboration because we're all about collabs and this is the very first or one of one of many collaborations that we'll be doing with fellow podcasts and people within the industry. Today, we have Vice Beats from Find Magazine joining us on the Breaking Atoms podcast. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, thanks, man. It's, it's good to see you guys. So, so just to clarify, is this the first or is this one of the first? I'm interested. It's, it, so this will be one of the... So it's not the first, but this is the first that we'll do together. So there's the A side and the B side, yeah. as you mentioned off here. So this is the A side um, and then the B side where all the all, where all the hot tracks are on. Yeah. I'll be done with you guys and us. <laughs> so this is, this is juicy. And then your episode is going to be unbelievable. 
Yeah, because we're trash. Yeah. So you, yeah, we're trash. So that that's what it is. So we did in uh, for Christmas um, around the new year, Christmas time for the new year. We did a kind of a bonanza where we invited other UK podcasters in the same space yeah. for them to share the platform with us. And we did a kind of end of year wrap up. Yeah. So in terms of like the first, that would be the first. But in terms of like going crossovers together uh, and being on other people's podcasts and together, me and Chris together, this would be the first. Nice. So you should feel special. I do feel special. Man. Good. I feel very loved. Good. Good. Uh, well, well for, for, <laughs> firstly, we'd love to show, we should love to show respect and, and praise to people from the UK. You're from Bristol, right? If I'm yeah, not mistaken. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we all, you know, and, and Bristol's always had a, a rich history of, uh, of, of hip hop in this country. So we always want to give Good point. all praise and due. Uh, and then also Fine Magazine have always been a big um, supporter and proponent of us. So we always like to show love, man, because this is very important that we do that because otherwise we get into this, you know, we, we always had this in the in the, in the the UK rap scene generally. It's crabs in the bucket. It's always been in the industry. Barrel, it's, We're bar- not it's barrel, that. barrel. A crabs in the barrel? Yes, yeah, barrel. Sorry, and I don't eat. I don't eat meat. You see, I'm a vegetarian. What do I know? Um, if you're talking, if you're talking about paneer, then we're good. But otherwise, I don't know nothing. No, relax, but relax. I think, I think for us, is is very much about um, understanding. You know, come from a place where we can talk about rap music, talk about each other's stories, and collaborate, and 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 sure. and encourage as many voices as possible within this space. Because the more credible voices that come out of it the more the culture can evolve. And that's our aim and that's what we want to do. So thank you for joining us and we really, really course, appreciate man. it. No, I much appreciate it. Thanks for the time. No, no, it's, it's good to talk to you guys. Yeah. So firstly, let's let's talk production. Um, what we've, we've had a lot of producers on the podcast and they tend to be very, very uh, popular in terms of people listening to them and, and the downloads yeah. and streams. What and, and everyone has a different process in, their, in, their, in how they produce what is your production process? How do you get to start one? Is it just you make beats in it? Is it mood based? Is it just you just there on on a on a sampler? How do you how do you cultivate and curate your music? I think that probably the best way to describe it is that I have this sound that will like drill into my head over over a few days. Where like they I'll hear a certain like sample or an instrument, or I'll watch something on TV and it and it's referencing something, and it will just stick. Yeah, you know, and I I just won't be able to get it out of my head, and it's like I I have to get it down somehow. And whether it's a case of like it's it's a quote and I want to sample it, or whether it's a case of it's like saxophone and I can hear something where where I could build it, or whether it's a case of like I I just can hear a riff and I want to play it on keys or whatever it is. It's like I tend to find that there's something like that that will be the stem of it. And then I, I use Logic Pro, so like I've gone through a variety of software over time. Like I've, you know, I used to have an MPC. I've tried MPDs and various other things, but I've I've settled on Logic, and I really like it. Like I just find that the space is open up, open enough for it. And I think in terms of how I produce, it does tend to be that it's very much that old school approach of like I'll find the right loop whether it's me playing it whether it's a royalty free sample whether it's one of my friends playing something whatever it is i'll lock down like the first eight and like once i know i've got eight there locked in and i'm happy with the flow of it then i'll like expand that to whatever it is make alt alt versions like so that i've got bridges and hooks and sort out the intro whatever it is but i'll tend to spend the longest period of time on that first eight bars and then, you know, from there, it can expand to whatever. And I tend to find that it will be the lead line that I'm working on 
first. So as much as I love bass, I do tend to find that bass and percussion and so on are the accompaniment for me. Like I've, I've had a few tracks where they're the first step, but it does tend to be that it's the, the lead line that I'll work with and then I'll build the drums around that build percussion around it and then like bass will be the last process in that but as I say I mean sometimes it's been a case I mean I I love doing remixes especially when there's acapellas so like you know I really love doing all that side of things so you know what that's why when I hear stuff on tv and I'm like oh that's amazing it's like my my wife just knows that I've switched off and there's something something that she's watching that no longer is the same for me and I'm just like I need to remember to record that right, where's my phone? It is like getting up the Netflix app so that I can record that bit and rip that, play around with that. Or like, you know, it just, yeah. But it, it obviously like, it's not always the same, but it that tends to be the general process now. I mean, I have my little studio that I love and like I, I work well with it. I've got my Yamahas that are very bedded in over like the last 15 years, you know, and I know them inside out. You know, I know the hiss. I know all of it, but it's, it's just just works for me man and it's like I, I'm lucky enough to work with a lot of live musicians and that's that's a big part of my sound so you know I'm I'm expanding all the time the musicians that I'm working with so you know I for a long time it was like sax and keys and stuff like that but now it's expanded to drums and violin and various other things and I'm really trying to essentially build it where it would if if we were all on stage together it would be a band but I don't want to do that anymore. I've done all the live stuff. I like being in my safe space and working on my own, maybe with one or two people and then just having something where I can make it perfect or perfect to me, you know. That's that's that I love asking that question to producers because you always get something different. We've never had that type of yeah, answer before. I was going to say that. It's, it's really interesting to understand the process that one goes through because this is an art you're creating art and you are an artist we'll say producer but essentially you're composing music so you're a composer in in, in that sense of the word and an artist and so everyone has their different process to get to the end goal yeah. and and that's really interesting so thank you for that mm, really, mm. That, really thank you yeah ditto um so before before the yamaha keyboards and the live musicians you know you're a hip-hop fan at, at heart what was what was the first beat or hip hop track that you heard that made you want to become a producer and decide this is what I want to do with my life? Oh man, that's a good question. You know, it's like, I've not thought of it like that before. So like, I, I mean, I'd say probably when I, I went to uni in Lincoln um, at the start of 2000s. And then I, when I was there that you guys know, I mean like the 2000s for UK hip hop was mad, but that was my first exposure to Thai um rest in peace and i mean you know he he became a really good friend over time but i heard upwards at that point and i'd never really heard an album like that before you know and i'd you know i'd like a lot of us like i'd play around with beats i'd use like hip-hop ej and use my playstation to make some stuff and all that side of things but i think when when i heard upwards and heard what he was doing with drew thomas and the I guess like the sincerity and the soul behind what they were creating and it was hip-hop but it to me at the time it felt like hip-hop 2.0 it was like what is this you know and it it connected a lot of dots for me where I'd heard Dilla and I in different forms and his various production guises I'd 
you know, I'd, I'd heard kind of all the stuff that I, I now kind of see as like my mantra in terms of production, you know, like people like Tribe and so on. I'd heard all of those things, but I kind of, I'd never really heard the UK into that. And I think that's what really connected me to it, where it's like, right, I get this now. I get my in, I understand it. It's like they they were working together to create this this real kind of beautiful synergy. And I, I like the fact that a lot with Ty, he would do it so that he'd leave the instruments to do their thing. Like he'd give them solos, he'd let the beat one out. And and I love that. You know, it's like, it's not tight in. It's not like, right, pack all the vocals in, right, track's done. It's like, hang on, let's celebrate the music for a minute. Let's let's listen to those different sounds in there, whether it's a sample or whether it's live played or whatever. I think that, that for me was probably the first real step into it. I think if there was a stage before that, um, I remember listening to Cunning Linguists when I was... 16 maybe i want to congratulate you for being the first person apart from me on this show that has mentioned cunning linguists congratulations thanks man we'll rap for food ah man i bought that That album last week special yeah Mm, i never had it so i bought it last week i'm a piece Uh, of strange guy dude i've got to tell you so when when i was 16 i i loved that album and yeah i was i was green at the time didn't understand the phrase asked my mum to go get the album my mum came back and explained to me what that phrase was super awkward moment i mean you know like every, everyone like gets to that point where like you you're exposed to certain phrases you don't expect your mum to be the one who's ending up having to explain a phrase like that but it's like but oh man that those guys like cano and just their whole movement I remember hearing that and just thinking, this is beautiful. Like, what is this? How are they doing this? And I mean, I think even before then, like I, I went on a French exchange trip and the guy I was with was a bit of a donut, but he had really good taste in hip hop. And like, he, he sent me back with his tape and I didn't know what I was listening to, but it was I Am, NTM, all sorts of classic stuff. And like for years, I didn't know who they were. And I, I managed to dig out the tape. And actually, the guy who did the graphics for Digging the Crates, um, he was living in Birmingham at the time where I was living. He's he's living back in France now. Um, and he he was, like, talking about hip-hop. Like, he was a massive hip-hop head as well, still is. And, and I told him, look, I've got this tape. I don't know who it is. And, like, literally just found this tape. It was in a box, like, in a garage, like, deep 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 dark tape somewhere and within like the first bar he was like that's i am and like got really excited and like was telling me all these tracks and like it was just that amazing connection moment of no way i finally know what this is that i'm listening to and you know it's just amazing music and i I think it's those kind of things isn't it where it just it sticks with you and like you realize that what you're listening to is having a genuine impact on your tastes and and just really a life direction in terms of creativity. Wow. Wow. I just have to say, wow. I'm having <laughs> I'm having a moment because you took me back to when I heard Little Brother, the listening. Yeah. And, and what that did to Whoa. me. Never been the same since. Mm-mm. I mean, I know what you mean with like Little Brother. It's like, yeah, I remember seeing them at Jazz Cafe for the first time. And just, there was just this amazing vibe of just, this is, this is something like, this is really special. And obviously like ninth is just, 
escalated to some insane degree now. And I mean, he's very much seen as one of those kind of ambassadors of hip hop, which is brilliant. I mean, fully deserves it. But, you know, it's weird because as much as he is, I think he's not, he's still not quite being seen on the same level as people like Primo and Pete Rock and so on. But realistically, he is. Of course he is. Like the stuff that he's doing in terms of the artists he's brought, brought into the scene, the impact he's had, the way that he's affected education in terms of hip hop, everything across the boards. And also, he's he, one of the, the biggest ambassadors for female artists. He'll really fly the flag to have a wide variety of different artists and not just your typical male MC. You know, and that's important. You know, it's... Yeah, no, it is. 100%. 100%. I agree. Um, how much are you dedicating to, to learning plugins at the moment? You said you're using Logic. It's never really been my thing, to be honest, man. I think like I, I tend to keep things quite simple. And I mean, I, I teach Logic as well. So like I, I've done a lot of masterclasses over time. And I think because for a long time I was freelance and I was working with young people as early as like three years old, all the way up to like 60 year olds in so many different environments. I think I, I got to the point where I just realized that you don't really need all the fancy stuff. And like, if it works for you, then it works. And it's like, I, I know so many people who swear by plugins and, you know, like they've got all these different things that they work on and all that side of things. But I, I just find for me, and that's great for them, but I find for me that like that detracts from my process. It's like, you know, I, I've got some Waves plugins that help me to make things sound a little bit nicer. Um, and that's it really. You know, I like that stuff. You know, that works fine for me. And I, I think I've got to the point over time where I I think I was very much that bedroom producer for a long time. It's like, I can do all of it. I can press this button and it will master this track and that sound exactly the same as radio. It's like, no, it doesn't. It's like sending it to the professional guy who has different ears. That's what will make it sound like it's on radio. So like, I, I think I've kind of got to the point where I appreciate the stuff that I do need to pay for. And then the things where I know I can do it myself so, you know, I've, I've done a lot of my own graphics over time and stuff like that. So I'll still do that kind of thing. You know, I know, I mean, even with that side, it's like, you know, it, I find that if I can get an artist to make a nice cover, like a lot of the time they'll be like, yeah, sure, you can have the Photoshop file. So then I can make all of my elements from that. So it's, it's just kind of being savvy around all of it. And it's, I think it's the same with the, the production side where it's just, using your tools wisely. You don't need to throw a ton of money at it to make it work. You know, it's, if ultimately it's, you know, I've got an Akai IE Pro, I swear by it, great box. I mean, it's it's relatively old, but just works. You know, like the, there's hardly any latency, the quality's really high. You know, that and my Neumann mic, and then, you know, variety of different keys and bits and bobs that's perfect really yeah. so you you work for what's work that that that's absolutely i think i've heard that a lot with a lot of engineers and producers say that work with what you've got rather than trying to spend so much on all these different plugins i think i think that's a really i think it's really good advice talk to us about your the start relationship with fine magazine how did that come about so i mean firstly danny is one of the nicest humans i think i've ever met you know like he just He's just so supportive and he's got such a genuine love of hip hop. And I think like he, for, for a while, like I was sending him my music and kind of just, he, 
he was just supporting it, you know, and, and that was it really. And I think I, I was with Wordplay magazine for over seven years in the end. And Weeds, I was running the podcast for them for a while. And, and it just, I, I think it got to the point where like, I wanted to do something that was really true to me. Like I, I didn't really want to play a whole barrage of music. I wanted to talk to people, you know, like, you guys get it, you know, and it, and it just, I, I think I could hear that the podcast that I wanted to create was never going to be there because it, it was a different kind of audience. And I, I love like my wordplay family, you know, they've, they've done so much for me and we've done so much together, but I think it got to the point where I just needed a new challenge and Danny wanted a podcast that he had for a long time. So, you know, we just got chatting and I, I'd, the one of the reasons why the title came about was the in the first first season quite a lot of the interviews i mean the oldest i think was five years old which was marley mom and um and i i just kind of figured it's just nice to go back to some of these bits where some of them are turned into print articles for wordplay magazine you know some of them are turned into like chops for short interviews on podcasts and stuff like that and i thought well actually it would just be nice to air all of this as opposed to cutting it up and having to edit it out and stuff and just having this kind of unedited piece that just works and, and explore these artists. Cause I love those kind of interviews, you know, it's, it's those more in depth getting to know the soul of the artist or the creator in some way. And, you know, I think we, we got talking about, and by that point, I think I'd got maybe three or four of the the episodes down in a in a basic form, and um, we we just built from there really. So you know, it just it it quite quickly took shape, and that's that's when I got Simon involved, who who did all of the graphics for us, and and just sounded it out. I was like, look, we're working on this idea. What do you think? And and it just all took shape really. So I mean, Danny and I. Because I, I mean, you know, I'm independent of the finds. Like I'm not part of them in that sense. It's very much, it's a collaboration, and we just we've got a mutual love of hip hop, and kind of wanted to just see what we could create, really. So, you know, it's just one of those really nice moments of synergy, I guess, where everything lined up, and and it was very very organic. It was quite quick. You know, I, I think I. I'd been talking to Ramesh Ranganathan for ages about doing something and we just never got around to it. And then during the the first few weeks of lockdown, I was like, look, can we sort something? Let's, let's try this. And, and it worked. You know, he was in between filming and it was like that. I think getting that interview, because I, I really respect Ramesh and, and the way that he's using his platform for music, you know, it's, it's unique and very selfless as well. You know, we, we're, uh, especially the UK hip hop scene, like it's it's niche. <laughs> it's not like a generally speaking, it's not a a super kind of I guess promotional friendly aspect to music because <laughs> like it's it's a lot of us just kind of normal guys hanging around who don't have a ton of money who are making these things and trying to make some great stuff, but you know we're not marketable in that way. And, you know, I think that's the thing is like he's brought that to the forefront. And I think when when we got that, I, mean, I think it was one of those things where D Danny and I refined it and worked out that it was a case of having a bit of a balance in terms of artists we knew would work for the finds and artists that 
I just really wanted to talk to, you know, and like really bug mm-hmm. out with. And I mean, you guys have recently interviewed Blue and Exile. I mean, I'm with you all the way. Like I, I remember hearing Blue and Exile like blow the heavens. Uh, I, I mean, I think I was maybe twenty, and um, I I went out to America at the time, and my friend DC, like he's. Dennis Coronal, like he's an incredible producer, worked with some amazing artists. He does a lot of sync stuff now. But at the time, I think I think his name's familiar to me. Yeah, it probably will be Chris because like you've because you've kind of done the sync stuff and the TV stuff. Like he's done a lot of things out there, like big scale stuff. Um, you know, and work with members of Wu Tang and all these kind of crazy things. But like he, um. And he worked. He worked with My Oil. Do you guys remember My Oil? Yeah, man. Um, you should. You should all get lynched. Yeah. I know it's Black History Month. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, like, but he was amazing. Like, he was working with artists like that, and that kind of really built up for him. So, I I went out to America at the time, and like, we were just bugging out with that album. We're like, right, we need to make songs like this. There's like no sense of originality here. Let's be the next Blue and Exile. I mean, this was when I was emceeing, you know, like before I was producing and like I I was producing, but kind of it was a mix. You know, I, I was I was doing more lyricism than production at the time. And I remember we made a track called 88 Keys and um, it was very much that kind of narrow path-esque sound to it. But yeah, it's just, I, I just, I love all that stuff, man. You know, it's... it's yeah. uh, it's just that kind of pathway, isn't it? And it's just trying to find find the right people that you just think, I really want to sit down and talk to you. I mean, Damu, Damu was just, he's a hero, man. You know, like just a, and a real kind of genuine character who you just think, you know what, like I... I, I want to just hang out with you. Let's let's just let's let's just stop recording and just have a chat. And it's like it's nice because you know it's those. I think it's those kind of artists, and you've probably experienced it too, where they will just continue talking to you. Like it, the conversation doesn't end there, which is really nice. And it just I think it it just keeps you grounded. And it's like okay, yeah, we are all just humans at this. Yes, there's some people who are doing some bigger things than each other, but ultimately we're all in this together. You know, so 100%. Yeah, I love 100%. That so, you mentioned you mentioned Romesh, you've mentioned Marley Marl, you mentioned Damu. Who's been your favorite guest on your podcast and oh, why? Oh, man. Um, it might be like picking children. I understand that part. But <laughs> you, you, you've got to pick one. I don't know. I mean, I, I think possibly, I mean, it was the shortest interview I did and it was, it was one of the first ones that we released, but I think possibly Charlie Tuner just in terms of it was the energy levels and he's, you know, he's been a hero for years. And when I met him, like we, we hung out for a few hours beforehand and we, we did the interview. And then I think it's one of those memory things with that in terms of he, after, after his gig that he was doing, um, he he was talking to his mum and then he brought me over and he was like, hey, it's my mum and this is James and like introduced me to his mum on his phone and it's like, it just, it was just this really genuine guy and it just, it was very much a meet your hero kind of moment of like, how, how are you this nice and how you got this much energy after all these years that you're, 
his spirit's not broken. If anything, it's just got larger and more beautiful, you know? And I, mm. But I, I think it's one of those things where every single guest has meant a lot to me. It's like Mecca 83 is, is a long, long-term friend. And I think we, we came up in production together and um, when he was wise before he was Mecca 83 and, we've never really actually talked about all of that and reflected on it in that way. You know, I think it was just one of those really nice conversations where I've, I've kind of referenced him in terms of influence in my production a few times, but it's because of him that I understood like Dilla swing with drums and so on. Like, I mean, he literally just sat down on Cubase with me for a few hours and was like, right, scrap these drums. Let's start again. Like move that, like change this bit, like take that off beat and just, you know, just really kind of pushed, pushed it to make sure that I could get it. And, you know, like gave me CD on CD of Dilla stuff and all sorts. And it's like, I, I genuinely think that without him, I don't think I'd have the same love and appreciation for Dilla as well. You know, it's like mm-hmm. he, he changed so much for me. So, you know, those kind of interviews where as much as, you know, I could have a chat with him any day of the week, that was a really nice moment, almost the kind of, bookmark our friendship and creativity to a certain degree so so yeah i, I realize i'm like trying to basically pick everyone but i've like, <laughs> really enjoyed that, all that's, of a, them. that's like, a really wonderful story and i think that it's just it, your your passion and love for music is is shining through and your passion for the culture is shining through and i think that that's a great story because you're you're you, at this point you're you're kind of telling us that you've you learn something new about one of the greatest and a lot of people in this day and age don't want to admit that and go look hey someone took someone took me through this and now i understand more and that's the beautiful thing about music and and i love that honesty uh and just to go hey this is this you know if it wasn't for this person i wouldn't have appreciated it as much and i think that that's really important that's really important and i think that's the thing isn't it it's like you know it's i i've always i mean i when i was little i think i i spent a lot of time with with my grandparents, like over summers and my mum, mum and my dad, although they were separated, were both really close to their parents. And I think, so I, I spent a lot of time with, with older people really. And I think it, it helped me to understand that appreciation. And, you know, I mean, my, my grandparents on my mum's side, like they're even now, you know, I mean, they're in their nineties and they're still involved in like charity work and doing so much. And like, they, my grandpa's been part of Rotary for years. My grandma would be doing all these different things. And like from a really early age, I collect like the old Smarties tubes and put coins in there to like raise, raise money for their charities and stuff. And like, I think it's just, it's one of those, those things really, isn't it? Where it just, I don't particularly like the phrase of giving back because I think it's quite cliched, but it's that idea of just acknowledging where you've come from, you know? And, and I think I, I've been really blessed to have along the way met some incredible people who over time, you know, we've, we've all had it where you don't necessarily realize where they're going to go when you're in it. And then you reflect and it's like, damn, you got there. Like, you know, and it's, and it's amazing to see that. And it's, it's one of those really special things with it. So I think, I guess, I guess it's like, I, I really just try and hold on to that in part to kind of stave off dementia so I can remember the memory. But like, you know, <laughs> it, it just, it's just nice to, nice to be thankful really. Like, cause you know, I should be like, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky, you know, especially now it's like, it's, I think it's important to have that. So yeah, for sure, man. So on the note of being thankful, I just want to thank you 
for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been in the making for a while, yeah. but uh, I love your spirit. I love your your passion for the culture, and I just like you as yeah. a person because Thanks. I don't really like people. I don't even like Summit personally, right? So when I say I like yeah, someone, I mean that shines through, dude. That's yeah, I, don't, I can't stand this, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to say no, seriously though, thank you. Thank you for, for, for the conversation. It's given me a lot to think about. But for the benefit of our listeners, let them know where they can find you on social media and plug any projects that you've got coming so, up. So um so I mean obviously the, the podcast, which is the the root of why we've been talking about this, is called Digging the Greats. Um you can check that out on all streaming platforms and you can check it out on the Find as well. Um so the Find website. Um, they've obviously got all their socials too, just to find. And then I'm, I've kind of got a mix of socials where it's either gone well or not. So Instagram is Vice Beats. Uh, the not so well one is Twitter, which was beat by Vice because I don't know even know who's got Vice Beats, but I don't like them. Um, and then it's it's just Vice Beats on Facebook as well. And then my my Bandcamp's the same too. So I mean that's that's got more of a catalogue of stuff across the years on my side as well. So like I had a band back in Birmingham called Genius Collective. Um, that stuff's on there too. And and also a project that I'm actually bringing, when you're saying about projects, like I'm finally releasing an album with a an MC called Donnie Numeric that I've worked with for years, um, who's incredible, like based in Brixton. Um, he is just, his rhymes just another level and like we've done quite a lot together as delegates of rhyme but we've never released anything solidly as a whole body of work so like we've we've had this album called assemblage that we've been working on on and off for probably close to six seven years now and uh, we're finally bringing that out and then other than that just kind of working on working on new projects lots of collaborations and uh yeah it's, it's good you know like obviously doing some of the TV sync stuff. And I've finally got a publisher as well, which is nice. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. I'm kind of working on that front, but yeah. So just, just building really like So they're, they're kind of the socials. We're working on the third season of digging the crates at the moment, which um, is, is nearly there. And I'm really excited to have some of the guests on that we've got as well. So just onwards and upwards in that sense. So, you know, and it's, yeah, thanks to you guys as well. I mean, like obviously Chris, I, I spoke to you about this before, but it's like when we were talking about history and stuff, it's like I remember years back what you were doing as, as like sort of the kinetic stuff where it's just like smashing it with, with everything you were doing. And like especially those, I guess, like sort of what, 10 years back with some of the projects you were releasing at the time when there was blogs. Remember blogs? There was blogs for days. And like yeah. you know, I, was, I was doing stuff with like Hip Hop Hype Dog and releasing projects around then and it's like i just remember that energy and it's like, i think you know you guys have both kind of got involved in like all that kind of hip-hop chronicle stuff and all of that side of things it's like it's just you know so it's, it's really nice to talk to people who not only are like-minded but also remember that you know like because it's it's kind of niche upon niche upon niche to the point where it's about 12 people who remember it. So it's, true, it's just true. really nice to, nice to have those kind of chats and think, yeah, this is, this is nice, man. We're, we're still doing it and rising and doing some great things. No, no doubt. No doubt. I have, I have nothing left to say apart from good things. Really enjoyed speaking to you. Looking forward to our next episode. So, no, I'm just going say? on your band camp now to buy uh, a project. So that's what I'm doing on my oh, phone. Thanks, right now. No, I, I appreciate not just echo anything, everything that, um, that Chris said, it's, it's really refreshing to speak to someone like you, who's got an undeniable passion, 
um, and a willingness to just hear different perspectives. So we really appreciate you jumping on, giving us your time. Um, salute to you and, and, and let us know what you need. Um, and Annie mentioned cunnilinguists. I can't believe this. <laughs> There's absolutely yeah. nobody. There is nobody who's mentioned cunnilingus on this podcast whatsoever. It's shocking, isn't it? it's like- no, and that's not because they're not amazing. No. I want to point out because when we do send this over to the crew, I don't want us to think that we're dissing them. You know what I mean? Like no one talks about cunnilingus on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, like the, you know, we referenced the blue and exile again, like give me flowers whilst I can still smell them. There's a really strong message in there. You know, I think like every single time that someone dies, you know, a legend dies, every single time people say, oh, we need to respect our heroes whilst they're living and all, but it doesn't change. It not really, you know, for a month, yeah. You know, like Doom, Doom at the moment is like, everyone's realizing how much they love Doom. But like, obviously he got more respect in that sense. But I mean, Ty is a massive example of this where he was doing his thing and smashing it for years and years and years. And it took him going for people to really say, oh, hold up. Cause they just assume that he's part of the scenery. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I think it's one of those things where like we, we do really need to find ways to celebrate. And I think that's why things like podcasts are important, but also kind of more so just finding those ways to celebrate those artists that are more sustainable, you know, cause it, there are some incredible talented, well, just all sorts of talents in all sorts of ways, be it incredible promoters or venues or whatever. It's like, there's some incredible stuff out there. And like, it just, I don't think we do celebrate enough. It's like, there's so much of the kind of me, me, me stuff, but like, you know, we, we need to build our scene. And I mean, I've always said like support your scene with, with podcasts and stuff and like just generally music, but I think it, it is important and now more than ever with everything that's going on like we we have to find ways to make this happen you know and 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 kind of not just the lip service and i think that's why what you guys are doing with breaking the atoms is amazing because it's just you're you're trying to pull together those strands that are just flying out in the ether a lot you know and it's like it that stuff matters you know it's like and it's just kind of all power to you guys on that front. So yeah. So as a, as an avid listener, thank you. It's a, uh, it's much appreciated. No, we appreciate you, bro. We appreciate you. No, thank, thank you, man. you. We appreciate thank you. Time. Take care and um, you'll give our love to the family and we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll be in touch soon. Big up to Vice Beats for jumping on the pod with us, man. He's, he's, oh man, I love that guy, man. He's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, He's a nice guy. I felt I felt humbled. Yeah. The fact that he he, he recognised man's contributions to the thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> that was dope. That was no, dope. But, that but was dope. again, it's a testament to who he is, right? He he loves this. And um he called himself an avid listener, bro. That's avid. Amazing. Amazing. And, and and to be fair, we 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 do this, we do this for all of our listeners across the world, but we do it for those listeners too. Those people who just want to hear their stories and and give us the mm. fuel and the impetus. Because this isn't about us, this is about plugging those gaps as that that wonderful review we had. It's about plugging those gaps because we just want to tell the story. We just want to Absolutely. highlight the things that we're passionate about and, and, and hear from people who've, who've impacted this culture and who want to lend their voice. And we salute that because this is what it's all about. It's it's spread love the podcast way, really. So I like that. Yeah, so appreciate. appreciate Spread love is the podcast yeah, way. Yeah, man, this is it. Yo, let's run with that. We are running with that. But appreciate the vibe speaks man we we salute you and yeah can't wait for side b and make sure you make sure you um everyone listening 
supports the projects. He's he's handed out his socials. You know where to go and get them. Make sure you support good music with your with your money and you spread the word socially. As my friends on the Super Duty Tough Work Super Duty Super Duty Tough Work podcast say. Boom. And speaking of socials, you can follow us at Break the Atoms Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Chris's personal handle is I am Kinetic. Mine is at Hip Hop Chronicle. Thank- and it's the same for Clubhouse. And it's the same for Clubhouse. We are we are in the chatty house. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Yo, there's a lot of chatting going on. You know, no, it's, bro. It's, I'm, I'm 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 really enjoying it. And uh, mad dry lips and bad breath on the chatty house because people talking too much i'm really enjoying it uh, listen i'm really enjoying it yeah man sometimes i see people pinging me at like 3 a.m in the morning i'm like go to sleep bro. I, i'm not going to be pinging too many people in unless i think it's extremely worthy so uh shout out to raj katechu who uh, welcomed uh, master g from sugar hill gang and i was this close to pinging you but i was like no i'm not going to do that i'll i'll you know people will get the notification they see me in the room but I, mm-hmm. i'm not going to do that because I, I don't always want to do that i know that's part of the process but i also want to respect people's time and privacy and hopefully you'll see the notification swim it's in the room so and so i'll jump in so I, yeah. I, I see you in the room still and sometimes i think like i'll, I'll jump in still but I, I don't need to think like man's just following you you get me it's okay man's, I, man's got man's, man's got morals out here in it scruples and that no. scruples <laughs> it's listen it's absolutely fine the, the, the important thing is about connection right the important thing is about connection and 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 that's why we're growing the following on clubhouse it isn't just about we want to look good it's about going well we're in this room having a good conversation why don't you jump in right and 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 it's about connecting people so it's been wonderful you can follow us on clubhouse at i am kinetic at hip hop chronicle we appreciate all the listeners thank you for the uh, chart success that we've had over the last couple of weeks we appreciate you we salute you we've got more episodes coming until then peace peace